episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home? Your office could be in Yellowstone. 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. One of my favorite sponsors that we have on this show. I've learned so much about RVs over the last probably four years since we've been working with America. <laughs> you learned what? So much about RVs? Yep. <laughs> Before years ago, let's flash back in time. I thought there was one kind of RV. Really? That was it. It's like, I thought everything was an RV. Now you start throwing these titles at me. Do they have travel trailers? Uh-huh. Fifth wheels, teardrops, toy haulers? <laughs> like, I, I probably knew that that was a thing. I never really like dove into the details of it. It's like somebody watching football for the first time. You're like, wait, you're telling me each one of these guys has a specific job? They do their own thing? I just thought they were all doing the same thing. That makes sense, yeah. I'm very good at it now. thought they all had their own motor and steering wheel. Actually, some of them just have trailer hitch. Right. And you can find out more at midamericarv.com. A loaded show for you today as we talk about uh, the official Sean Payton retiring, Ryan Poles being hired in Chicago, uh, a little bit of Chiefs talk, Aaron Rodgers may be a favorite destination for him, and Devontae Adams, which would really suck for us. And then we'll also get into um, other sports. We're going to talk a little baseball, and uh, we're going to talk a little UFC. Spoiler alert. I don't follow that sport. Oh, I was like, why the fuck are we going to talk about it then? But okay, I know why. I'm, yeah. Just a little bit of news. Reading so the rundown, like, you see why. We're in, yeah, it's right there. It's in front of me. <laughs> uh, it's what I built. We'll go ahead and get that opened up. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's, sometimes I'll start the ad read and it's like, oh, wait a second. I need to, I need to read this. <laughs> I do not have this funny. memorized yet, which yeah. I'm surprised you don't. It's been about, a, I think we're probably close to 100 episodes now. Yeah, I think I probably do. But I still like it's a it's a safety for me of like oh I can't go back just in case like even today I got probably halfway through the ad read and then it's like well okay I do think we also need to make it known like that's the only ad read that like we have to read from the other ones are right oh, I'm up sure the people know right off top of the old noggin <laughs> I'm sure they are aware <laughs> that the other well, I mean you know just in case no matter if matter when yeah and then we'll also start to look at. Uh, the top free agents coming up in the NFL, it's quite the list. Uh, I will say, again, spoiler alert, a lot of these guys are going to get hit with the franchise tag. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them. But I do think it's interesting to just go over and look at some of the guys that are going to be free agents. Uh, but let's start with the ultimate free agent, Sean Payton, did announce he was stepping away from the New Orleans Saints yesterday. Uh, I think he had a lot of interesting comments and the way he worded some things. Uh, it sounds like to me he's stepping away for a year, mm-hmm. and then he's—I think he's probably going to try the TV thing. He even said it yesterday, like he talked to Drew Brees. Uh, there were some comments made there about like, "Oh, I haven't reached out to any networks yet, not yet." But I, I think he's going to try TV for a year, see how he likes it, and unless he falls in love with it, he's going to go probably get back into coaching. I mean, it's kind of like what Bruce Arians did, right? You know, retires and then goes, I'll take a couple years off, goes to TV, calls some games, 
gets the offer from Tampa, goes and does that, and then eventually wins another, and then eventually wins a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know if it was another TV. one for him, but huh? I don't remember him doing TV. Boy, he did. He called the games. It wasn't very good because he always wore the hat. Yeah, in his or huh? Kangol hat. Is that what it's called? The more you know. But he would wear that thing, and his face would be really red, and it would be like, dude, this voice is kind of annoying to listen to. Oh. Me, just personally, I didn't really like enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But now he's on the sideline coaching again, won a Super Bowl, got Tom Brady. Maybe Sean Payton does the same thing, just kind of gives himself a little bit of break. He made comments about, you know, getting to tailgate, and he drives in, and he sees people, you know, with their grills out, having some beers. He's like, man, they're having – so much more fun than I am right now. It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's and here's the fun. other thing. I wonder how many times Andy Reid has thought that. Because he makes comments like, yeah, you know, I'll be sitting in the office and I look out and there's a guy there with a the grill, you know, whipping up some cheeseburgers already. And, you know, like six in the morning for a noon game. He's like, sometimes I just kind of want to go out there and have a burger with him. He's like, but I can't. Old Big Red, man. He is, he is a foodie. He is. Big time. <laughs> I make some wild analogies on here. Everyone that he has is about food. <laughs> oh, the Super Bowl. It's like someone gives you the best cake in the world, and then they Sometimes just got a dang on a fries. You just, you just want another one. Want Sometimes another piece. you want to go to a fancy steakhouse and order two steaks. <laughs> <laughs> and the the crazy thing is with Andy reading about that is, like, I've heard other people make comments, like, when he eats with us, I've only seen him eat salads. Like, I've never seen him eat anything else. And I was like, yeah, because what people see is what you eat when you're by yourself. He's sneaking it. Yeah, what you eat alone is what everyone else sees. Uh-huh. I saw that once. I was like, "Shit!" So now every time I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna go eat some McDonald's." Like, people gonna see this. Yeah, he's sneaking <laughs> off to the gas station. He's getting gas, but you know, he's grabbing the stickers inside. <laughs> and I don't know why that story sounds so true. I don't know. I used to be married, and I didn't exactly have full control. of my spending. Jakes. So uh, I get paid. We get paid at the place I worked every Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah, we get paid on Tuesday. They run payroll on Friday for the week, or on Monday for the week. And huh. For that last week. So it was on Tuesday when you got to cash a check back in the good old days. You had to take that little slip of paper to the bank and deposit it. But a couple of veteran married guys that I work with would always be like, hey, save yourself 20 bucks on it. Like, Put a little cash in your pocket so you can go, like, get whatever lunch you want. Get a little uh, Dr. Pepper or something. Because some there are wives out there that would be like, why are you spending money on this? Why why do you pay $5 for this? What was this? So we would go, and we would keep a little extra 20 25 bucks in the pocket. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous and very controlled. <laughs> well, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> I'm like, right. I don't know if that will marry life sounds fun at all. I don't know how you do it anymore with direct deposit, but we would you know, save a little money. That's Andy Reid. Pocketing a little <laughs> on the way home or something. <laughs> do you think those guys, game? like, where do they stop? Well, they say they want to stop on the way home and get a drink. They're not just rolling into a gas station. Like, you're not going to see Patrick Mahomes just roll into a QT. I'm going to say something that's probably a little bit insensitive, and I apologize. Spoiler alert, fast forward 15 seconds, the Chiefs are kind of known for drinking at the facilities. Oh, really? And you read some. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. I meant more so like, okay, well, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bad, bad situation there. Yeah. But I don't like even for like guys like uh, you know your star quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Homie's not going out in Green Bay. Yeah. Walking. Like maybe he has like a, a spot that's like, hey, Aaron's here. 
we'll let him sit in the back like a big mobster, mm-hmm. have a drink and kind of calm down. I, that would suck. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that would be the one part where everyone's like, oh, I want to be a celebrity. I want to be famous. Yeah. It'd be hard to be to go anywhere. Like, you don't get a life. Like, like you don't get to go get gas and, and clean your windshield and all this. Yeah. You know, if I go out and I spray a bunch of fans with champagne or whatever, nobody thinks anything of it. Yeah. But when she does it, she's damn near crucified for it. Fucking TMZ and Barstool just at her neck. And it's like, right. guys, take it easy, but you're welcome for the clicks. Like, uh-huh. shit. Yeah, but with Sean Payton. Back to him. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that he does TV. Uh, even like, I forget that Amazon is getting a price. To this yeah. Show. I mean, Troy Aikman still doesn't know what he's going to do. Exactly. And I've heard Al Michaels might be leaving NBC. Uh, what? You know, he's already taken a lot of time off. Yeah. Anyway, the so traveling has like, been hurting him. Uh, yeah, Mike Tirico would just probably slide in, do the calls or slide and take his spot <laughs> uh, because he already has covered games. But. You know, if Al Michaels leaves and goes to an ESPN or somewhere else, uh, we could have a big shuffle. Yeah, I think Tony Romo is to blame. In terms of, like, the... In terms of got way overpaid, and good for him. Yeah. Maybe now more announcers will start getting paid a lot of money. Uh, but I think a lot of guys like Troy Aikman, even, or, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other guys, too, probably saw that and, like, wait a second. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm going to talk to Amazon. Sorry, Joe Buck, I might be leaving you, uh, but it's, it is what it is. Sometimes that money talks. It's uh, I have an opportunity. I guess I never really thought of it that way, like the shuffle that could be of announcers moving to different networks Did you ever like watch that. the Madden uh, documentary thing that they had? No, I didn't, actually. I wanted to watch it from yes, going off yesterday's show. Kind of wanted to watch it on my way home or to Kansas City, and I just didn't get to it. Illegal, illegal. I, I did watch it last week. Uh, very late to the party on that one. Mm-hmm. But for me, John Madden was always the Fox guy. I mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people posting like, man, who's the voice of CBS football? And I honestly was like, what, what are you talking about? I don't remember him at CBS at all. He was always the Fox, the voice of Fox football for me. And then I watched the documentary and it was because he left in like 1992 when I was still very young, alive, but very young. He left Fox? He left CBS to join Fox. Ah. So there's there's always been kind of like a little bit of a shakeup that would happen in sports. Did Fox have like the Sunday night games or the Monday night games at that time? I think they've always done the Sunday afternoon games. That's that's been it. ESPN used to be Sunday night football. You you might be too young to remember that. Yeah, I only remember the. So ESPN been waiting all day for Sunday night. Sunday night football. And I don't remember who had. Like ABC had Monday Night Football or something like mm-hmm. ABC maybe, uh, but the Sunday Night games used to just be like kind of the shitty games. Oh really? It wasn't like the oh my god here's the prime time spot when I was a child. Wow. Yeah, and then it kind of switched. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like I remember listening to John Madden call game. I think maybe it just might be the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because I I don't remember ever watching that many other games because I grew up watching like the Chiefs games so like. When that CBS theme song comes in, you know, and they start panning the stadium or they, they pan out of it and then go to commercial break, that shit, just the nostalgia just fills me up. It's like, man, that just throws me to being a kid, sitting on the tan couch, watching the Chiefs get their ass kicked and being like, these guys could just be good one day. That'd be awesome. Well, and I grew up a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. So John Madden did like every Cowboys fan. Yep. That would make sense. And so that's, 
him and Pat Summerall. Yeah, I don't think I ever remember listening to Pat or remember realizing who it was. Trying to get it going, and I definitely support this. The announcers for Madden, the video game, should be Pat Summerall and John Madden. We have, we have the technology. You can make it. Boy, that would be so freaking hard. Like, we think it would be easier or whatnot to get their voices to line up and the conversations to be right in, like, every game moment. Like, you just say it's a third and two, and you get a first down, and they someone mixes something up, and John Madden's like, no, wow, what a great play and touchdown by this guy. And no, it's like, just a video game. Not real games. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. But even, like, the video game, they're just – they're not in the booth together. They're showing up separately and being like, oh, here, read these 250 little. Oh, I thought they did it together. I don't think so. That's a big mistake. That's a fucking mistake if they're not. Is because the documentary that they did for the Raiders when they had Al Davis and the previous commissioner, I can't think of his name. They had them like CGI'd and it sounded like them talking. So if you can do that. Then the good folks at EA have the money to make it happen. Yeah. For Madden and Summerall as well. That's my. That's a good point. They might do it for the next gen with the old PS5. Still don't know where the fuck that thing is. Can't even, don't even see it on the shelves. It's a myth. Yeah. Who actually has one? I don't. I stopped looking. I looked for about a month. I actually, I don't know personally anybody that has one. My oldest brother, Mike. Of course he does. Sly dog. Uh, might have one. I don't know. But that's the only person I can think of. But uh, anyway, um, also in NFL news yesterday, Ryan Poles of the Kansas City Chiefs hired by the Chicago Bears. Another GM vacancy filled uh, now. And the Vikings this morning hired a GM. Also, there's only one GM spot left. And this is something that we were talking about maybe even this week. The senior bowl's next week. Yeah. You need to find a guy that can be your GM that's like figuring out his scouting department and all this. So uh, I'm really surprised that it's taken this long for some of these teams to fill that spot. But now, um, you know, last night, I, I believe it was yesterday afternoon, Ryan Poles gets hired in Chicago. I like that hire. I, I think that Poles is going to do a good job there. I do want to see who he brings in as a coach. I don't think it's going to be the enemy. We talked about that one, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that there are a lot of guys open for that spot that are going to be interested in it now. And uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Browns as well, they're going to get some third-round picks off the diversity hires that they made, yep. which is a great move. I love it. I know a lot of people pushed back on it when the NFL announced it. Um, and these are not picks that are coming from Chicago. Chicago doesn't have to give up a third and send it to Kansas City. They essentially just create another pick. Yeah. There you go. And I think, you know, that just kind of helps Kansas City. It's just going to help the future of the league, too. And it's going to be interesting to see maybe what they do with that pick coming up because they get it for this year and next year, correct? I believe so. Okay, so it's not next year and then the year after. Either, I mean, either way, though, like the possibility of that pick being a hit, you know what I mean? It's like, well, this player is because of Ryan Pohl is being hired elsewhere. Like, that's going to be, you know what I mean? Other NFL teams are going to be like, okay, hey, let's be more diverse in time in terms of hiring and everything like that. It's just going to be better for the league. Love it. With Ryan Poles going to Chicago and who they hired a head coach, I know we discussed with Eric Bieniemy probably not going there. It was the, the mindset of, well, you don't want to hire a first-year GM and a first-year head coach and have that at the same time. 
I feel like they're kind of running to a point where they're going to get that in Chicago anyways. Because I don't think you're going to get a Brian Flores. I don't really know who else is out there that you can go grab. I mean, Sean Payton's, you know, taking a year off. Doug Peterson, I know, is still out there. But does he want to go to Chicago? Is Chicago going to like the whole, let's go with the Kansas City regiment again? I, I'm not sure. I do think they go with an experienced coach. But yeah, does Brian Flores want to go there? Does Doug Peterson? There are a lot of openings. And I mean, that Saints opening, to go back to that, that's not a very attractive opening. To where at, sorry? New Orleans? No. It's down there with the Texans. I mean, it... Shitload of cap problems. And I think that they're eventually... I think this year they might even actually look at it and say, okay, let's take care of this. We can't keep pushing the kicking the can. Yeah. Let's take care of it this year. Uh, I think it's a full rebuild. Maybe do what the Texans did and just hire a guy for like a year as just kind of like a filler space and go, yeah, we're going to suck next year and we got to get rid of everybody. I mean, you might as well just trade Michael Thomas and Ivan Kamara yeah, and, and move on from anyone. I don't know who else they're paying, to be honest. Like, I don't know where their money's going. Huh? Taysom Hill has a, a big... Company. Yeah, I know Michael Thomas and I know Ivan Kamara. But like, the line is very good. Um, Cam Jordan on the defensive line. They've got, they've just got some veterans that they never really let go of. Yeah. They're like, okay, here, we're going to pay you. And it is, it's a bold strategy. It's going to come back to bite them in the butt. But even last year, we kind of knew that it was, that was it for Drew Brees, one last, yeah. one last dance. And it didn't work out for him. But that's, that's the way it goes in the NFL. And I, I think a lot of teams are going to look at that, that job, or sorry, a lot of coaches are going to look at that job and probably want nothing to do with it. And if I'm, in charge of the Saints, I look at trading some of those guys. It's weird that just how quickly that all changed for the Saints. Three years ago, it was just like, man, getting screwed in the playoffs. Back-to-back right. seasons. The Minneapolis miracle, the defensive pass interference that wasn't called, and then it's like Drew Brees' last run. He battled numerous injuries all season. This year, just couldn't get it figured out. Jameis, once he kind of started to get a little bit more consistent, boom, tears his ACL. And the Saints season's pretty much over, and now Sean Payton's gone. Like, I just feel bad for any Saints fan that's out there because you were at the peak four years ago. Just, hell yeah, this team's a contender. Imagine being a freshman in high school. Like, look at my team, and then you're going to graduate high school, and it's like, my team is absolute dog shit. That's immediately what I think when, like, four years goes by. That's why I've been praising Sean Payton for forever. Mm -hmm. He's been there since 2006, and they've been good. Like, yeah, maybe there were a couple seasons in there where they weren't great, but they've been good uh, that entire run. Yeah. And good luck replacing him. And, you know, Ryan Poles in Chicago, best of luck to him. I like that hire. I kind of like the Bears. The NFC is getting flipped upside down. Aaron Rodgers might retire, and I saw reports yesterday that there's a lot of traction for Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers both going to the Denver Broncos. And that's something that, you know, Devontae Adams has said that he kind of wants to go where Aaron goes, wants to follow him. They could be in Denver, and they could be taking uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who's the offensive coordinator there. He could be going to Green Bay as the, or sorry, in Denver as the head coach. And if not, Luke Getze, the quarterback coach that Aaron Rodgers loves, there's also talk of making him the offensive coordinator in Denver. And even if Nathaniel Hackett doesn't take the head coach job, now you could go after Dan Quinn and get Luke Getzey, <laughs> plus Dante Adams and Aaron Rodgers. 
with Cordell. Wow. It, absolutely. What? Like, the NFC might like be bad next year. Tom Brady could retire. <laughs> Sean Payton is gone. So if that happens for the Broncos, and I, I was reading about it, it does sound like it's something that is likely. This isn't just some fan being like, we can do this, 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 this. It is likely that it could happen because they have to trade pieces. Uh, like you can send a Jerry Judy two first-round picks and get Rodgers and Adams. Wow. They, they would take more than that, probably. But they have the young, good players. I said Cordell earlier, and I definitely meant uh, Cortland. But like, so you'd have Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Albert O at tight end, somewhat of a rebuilt offensive line. That I shouldn't even say rebuilt; like it has been rebuilt. It's fine, and then a solid defense that's there. Mm-hmm. And then you get Aaron Rodgers, Williams at running back, and Devonta Adams. God dang, that is terrifying. <laughs> right, especially uh, for us two fans. Yeah, but it, it would be a solid move. It didn't really kind of been that landing spot all along. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Devontae Adams and if you can actually get him in Green Bay. Or sorry, in Denver. Yeah. But if, if I'm the Packers, I would much rather send those two guys to the AFC. If they are, they could be very firm and say, nope, I'm only going to Denver. Like, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you can come out and say, I'm going to Denver or I'm retiring. You're trading me for something or getting nothing out of it. That does make sense, but at the same time, I just feel like why would you want to leave the NFC if it's wide open like that? Because they, because Aaron Rodgers hates the Packers. But I mean, you're not you're not going to see them in the playoffs. Like I feel like if you're a Green Bay, you have to realize let's just get picks. So this kind of maybe throws in a weird theory because I know I've been deeming uh, Russell Wilson to New York, or I mean maybe let's stay in the AFC then with it. What about Indianapolis? That's a potential landing spot. They have the cap space. They don't necessarily have the pick because they gave it up for Carson Wentz. But it's like, could you throw Carson Wentz in that and just be like, hey, if Jordan Love's not ready, this is a guy he can learn on what not to do. He watched Aaron Rodgers and was like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what a bad guy looks like. Yeah, I don't don't think so. And it goes back to the— Or maybe Carson Wentz is just not involved in that trade whatsoever, and he's benched. And I don't know how many players are as attracted to that Colts— Position, I think they should be. It's a good landing spot. Yeah, good offensive line. The defense I is set. People want to play in Indianapolis. If you go from Green Bay to Indianapolis, I feel like that's an upgrade, though. Probably. So. And you get to play in a dome, uh-huh. so you're not dealing with any weather. Yeah. Going there for numerous combines. If you're Aaron Rodgers, and Denver just doesn't happen, I just for some reason I have it made up in my mind that that's just. He doesn't want to go to that division, and he doesn't want to play in the AFC because it's too tough. I feel like he's had it so easy in Green Bay. Like, he's just... You are underestimating the cockiness of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not necessarily underestimating that. I just... I kind of look at what Tom Brady did, and he, like, you know, he looked at the NFC South. It's like, I only got to worry about one quarterback. You go to the AFC West, like, you got to worry about... I mean, you Derek Carr included in that. Like, you have to worry about everyone in that division. And if your team gets banged up, which the Broncos have been known to be dealing, you know, be injury prone players What's right that now. Quote about lions and sheep. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers thinks he's the top dog. He, like Aaron Rodgers, in his mind, is a head and shoulders above even Patrick Mahomes. So he's not looking at this as oh. If he thinks that, I think he's a little obnoxious. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like he, you wholeheartedly think that's his mindset. 
That's his mindset. Yeah, Josh Allen probably also thinks he's the greatest quarterback right now. Like Russell Wilson. Can I ask this without it coming off rude? Have you heard that or think that, or is it just because you don't like Aaron Rodgers? No, listen to him talk. Yeah. But, like, so I've – here's my thing with it. Because, like, I've listened to him on the Pat McAfee show, and maybe I just overlook it because I've become a fan of him, is, like, getting to hear his – in a way of just, like, getting to kind of hear his thought process and the reason why he reacts to things and, like, what he can and can't do. And people just seem to overlook that aspect. And he kind of opens up and you see the, the fun side of Aaron Rodgers. And then we get the media clips from everyone else that, you know, goes viral on ESPN or Twitter, and it's like, this guy's such a douche. And no one hears the explanation side of it. Yeah, I just look. No, I'm not even talking I don't want to come off as like an argument to you, so I don't. No, but just look at the way that he has always carried himself. Mm-hmm. When he was drafted. Oh, the 49ers. Yeah, really very good point. Because he thought he was the best quarterback in that class. He was. <laughs> I'm not saying he's always wrong about yeah. that. Yeah. He thinks he's the best guy. He's not looking at a Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert and thinking, oh, man, like, I don't want to go there and compete with those guys. Professional athletes are just wired different. They, I think they actually want to. They want to have that push. Like, yeah, I'm going to show this young guy that I'm better. And maybe I need to look at it in a way, too. It's like, you know, you're not directly facing Patrick Mahomes, like Justin twice. Herbert, and Derek Carr. You're facing that defense. Well, it's you got to play them twice a year. And when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs defense, they're about to lose some big pieces. Mm-hmm. You look at Denver, that's probably the best defense in that division. You look at the Chargers, they can't stay healthy at all. Yeah. And even when they are, they're not as a, you know dominant as what they should be or you think they are. And when you look at the Raiders, it's kind of like a, <laughs> okay, right. we can put up 40 points, no problem with this offense. And so maybe that is like, the mindset of Aaron Rodgers. It's not even worried about the quarterbacks. It's we have the best defense in the division, or yeah, in the division, mm-hmm. and I'm not having to worry about the other defenses here. Yeah. So maybe I need to just reevaluate that. Maybe that's on me. I've been viewed in the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, anytime you even look at, like, LeBron versus Jordan, LeBron will not even hear, like, conversations that they're they mm-hmm. the best. You know, he'll, like, he'll make the little comments. That's Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that as, like, a negative about him. Yeah. I remember watching that press conference live where they were like, what do you think? He's like, I'm the best player in the world. I was like, Pfft, like without hesitation. He didn't sit there yeah. and say, like, am I the best player? No, I am. Yeah. The best. And that's what I think. With and when he, I like, I didn't even think, I was like, man, this cocky asshole is just like, fuck. Like, you know, you let, usually you just let everyone else say that. And you just kind of keep doing your thing. But for him to be like, no, I'm the best player in the world. Right. And that's wow. That's why I think that Aaron Rodgers to Denver is a real thing. Now that I've kind of changed my mind process with their thought process with that yeah, makes a lot. I'm avoiding divisions. I'm not going to the NFC West. <laughs> Like with the 49ers. He's been tied to the 49ers before. Like, I got to play the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks. Yeah. I feel like I'd be more worried about the AFC West than the NFC West. Probably. Not not if you're a quarterback, though. Maybe I just don't go West at all. (laughs) I mean, dude, if you wanted it like an easy draw like that, I think the freaking NFC East makes sense. If you can get to the Giants with, you know, your guys. Yeah. The Cowboys are kind of tough. But again, I, I don't think any NFL player looks at any division and is like, oh, I got to avoid that. Yeah. I think the only thing you're looking at, like just like recruiting, you'll see a college recruit every year. It's like, why did you sign here? They already have a quarterback. Like Quinn Hurst, why did you go to Ohio State? Mm-hmm. They already have these quarterbacks. Because in their mind, I'm going to beat that guy out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I would love for him to come out one day and be like, dude, I got offered a million dollars. Yeah, I left high school into Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. 
Couldn't do it in Texas. I went there, got my money, and came right back home. Makes a lot of sense. It also makes a lot of sense for you to go to minersandmonroe.com, check out the inventory that they have, a great lineup of all kinds of different items. Not just clothes, apothecary goods as well. Uh, Definitely check them out. Use the code MIKEDUP10 and save yourself 10% off at checkout. Yeah, next up is going to be Gunspot. Be sure to visit them at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. Great guns available. I talked about it yesterday. I'm kind of wanting to get back into hunting. I'm probably going to go to that website when I want to buy a gun so I can be prepared for it and have it here by next hunting season and be ready to blow down the big old bucks roaming the old woods. Big country, big woods, big buck. You better believe it. So, going to get that taken care of at Gunspot. Also, you know, it's a dangerous world out there, so make sure your position protects you and your family because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And just remember... That wasn't an ad read. <laughs> that, like, was that was not. Right, right off, right off uh, the top of your head there. Right top of the noggin, bub. Anyway. Is that the wrong baseball. button? or Okay. Let's <laughs> talk some baseball now. Barry Bonds does not get into the Hall of Fame. Boo. Everybody is just completely outraged at this. And my take on it is, I thought he should have got in. I really don't give a shit. I'm really annoyed that it was only David Ortiz, just Big Poppy. He's the only one that got in. And my, I just it's so just create just do like the NFL where you create a list and you argue over it and you get a certain number of members in. Stop the stupid percentage vote because you have a bunch of idiots that probably don't even know what's going on. Yeah, and I also don't understand why the media members get to decide it. Let former players, let other Hall of Fame players, let you know management front office guys make this decision i don't think there's like a perfect way for voting well i just i i hate that it's media members and it's like oh this guy was a dick and hurt my feelings because i asked a dumbass question after a game and he wasn't ready or in the mood for it because he just got done playing nine innings of baseball and they lost in a heartbreaking fashion and he's upset what a jerk not in the hall of fame let previous players do it yeah. And you get a lot of bias towards, oh, this is my guy from my team. I'm going to vote for him. Yeah. So, like, there is there is no perfect way. Or even uh, with the Pro Bowl before, uh, I can remember when they went to, like, fan voting. Like, oh, we're going to let the fans vote who they want to see in. Guess what? Now, everybody, every year, people get pissed off. Like, yeah. how can you let the fans who are barely paying attention? Like, this isn't a popularity contest. Well, that, yeah, it is. That's what you made it a couple of years ago. Yeah. And you decided on that. Even with the all-pro voting, uh, people will get upset about, like, oh, how can you let this guy leave this guy off or whatever? So I don't, I don't know the perfect way to vote for it, especially with uh, baseball writers. I mean, hell, we can't even figure out our own elections in this country. So, <sighs> happy. so with baseball, like, you're always going to have those guys that are stupid and you're right. They're like, oh, I didn't like this guy, so I'm not voting for him. With the Barry Bonds thing, I... It is a little bit of a gray area. I mean, he did cheat. I know there are a lot of people, myself included, who are like, he's, he was good enough before. Before he started taking steroids. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that he's never tested positive for steroids. Not one time in his career did that ever happen. But <laughs> David Ortiz was also named a Hall of Famer yesterday. Uh, first ballot. Hall yeah. of Famer. He was on the Mitchell Report that came out in the, what was that, like the early 2000s? Of, hey, these are the guys that have tested positive for steroids. We're not going to release their name. Then it got leaked. He was on there. He's, he's tested positive before. And we have no problem with David Ortiz making it in, but we're going to leave Barry Bonds out. That's where I have a problem with it. 
Yeah. If you're going to ignore it, fine. Ignore it for everyone. Um, but I, I think that with some of these guys, we know that they should have gotten in. We know that David Ortiz, he's a good hitter. But if David Ortiz is in, Barry Bonds should be in. Oh, like, 100%. If Barry Bonds doesn't make it and he's off the ballot forever, that's fine. You got to leave David Ortiz off too. Though. What did it mean when it was like, okay, uh, he didn't get it, but they're doing more, they're doing something else in December that he could possibly get on? I didn't see that. I, I should double check that before I just blurted that out. But <laughs> it just, it, it seemed different um, that there was like, uh, I don't know, it came off like there was maybe one more possibility that he could get in through another type of voting or something else. Well, At I, the I end of this, like, calendar year of 2022. I think it's always subject to change where you can look at it. And like, it, it, like I said the other day, in 20 years, they might look back at it and say, you know what? We're going to let all the steroid users in. All of them. And then just change it. And wait till some of the older baseball writers are out. Then change your mind. Change the rules. Do a remote. Whatever it is. But I also, like I said, to start this conversation... I think a lot of people are fake mad online. Like, like they don't really care. Are you really that outraged that Barry Bonds didn't get in? I'm not. So I, you know, I don't want to fall in that category. Like I'm just more so annoyed that he's not getting in because of just strictly the steroids. And it's just, that was a massive era of baseball. And we praise other guys all about this, but then we just shit on Barry Bonds. And is it because he won you know, or he holds the home run record, and we didn't think Hank Aaron did. You that, know anything right previously? There is the point, is that and he it's just holds the home run record, single season home run record. If he would have just been hitting like sixty home runs a year, like McGuire and Sosa were, I don't think anybody would care. But he hit seventy three in a season, and it's a record that a lot of people really care about. Yeah, and it's just like, well, just get over it. Like we just like again, just put the asterisk of homeboy used steroids. A lot of them. Again, this is his, like, development and size that he growth. Here's some da-da-da-da. But he did hit the piss out of a baseball, and he did it very efficiently and very effective. And then show the clip of this dude was so good at hitting a baseball that he was force-walked with the bases loaded. Yeah. And it was just like, just, I don't know, make an experience out of it in a learning lesson instead of just like a nope, banned forever. Right. And before, in the 2001 season – is the year that he hit 73 home runs. Prior to that, he was still very good. He hit 49 home runs. He, he, I, I believe he's one of the only members of the 40-40 club, 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases in the same season. Uh, a great outfielder was just ridiculous out there too. So I mean, you definitely can make the case, and that's my thing with him. He's a Hall of Famer without steroids. Let him in. And yeah. also because everyone else was using steroids. It's not like it was only Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. It was a lot of other players. They were just the best using it. Yeah, they were just already Hall of Fame caliber players that elevated their game. You know, Mark McGuire without steroids is probably still hitting 25 home runs a game. Or not a game, that'd be a record, <laughs> a year. Uh, but he took steroids, and then he was crushing like 45, 50 home runs. Mm-hmm. So does Mark McGuire belong in the Hall of Fame? I really don't care. I don't think he was that good. He was a terrible fielder. <laughs> I, I do think that he needs to be in, but I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I'm never going to the Baseball Hall of Fame because you didn't let Barry Bonds in. Yeah, I'd still go if I got the chance. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. It would just be cool to see him. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, we talked about it yesterday. Put a little asterisk by it. Do whatever you want. 
or you know it is a museum just put a little plaque up there that says like oh also this player is like people know do you even have to put a plaque up like it's Barry fucking Bonds <laughs> everybody knows Barry Bonds and what he possibly did I still really like her idea of like doing the uh, growth development of his neck over the years yeah because man by the time he retired I feel like that neck was wider than his head mm-hmm Dude wears a turtleneck and stretches it out. And they're like, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Some of that's going to naturally probably happen over time. But with Barry Bonds, it was crazy. But I also yeah. don't blame him. It's not like he started the steroid trend either. I like, wonder when he did. I, I think it was probably 2001. I would like him to just kind of do an interview and just be completely honest and upfront. Like, yeah, being in the Hall of Fame would be cool. This is when I started. This is how I did it. And then I broke records. Yeah, you do a tell-all, and then we'll let you in. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're waiting for. And media members will be like, oh, my God, this guy's phenomenal. Let's change the rules for 11 years, and then they're off forever. Yeah. Because we got him next time. I think, he's, I think I saw he got 66%. What do you need to get in? He I got 66% of the votes. It's, it was really close. I actually didn't look at the percentage. Yeah. I just saw that he didn't make it. And honestly, like, I don't know why people expected it to happen yesterday. For him to get in? We've been doing this every year for like five years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they said they're not letting him in. I think if he were going to make it in, it would have been first ballot. Or maybe, you know, second ballot where people made him wait. Like, ah, you cheated. We don't like you. But we're going to let you in in the second year. I don't think they were waiting for the last year of this. To be like, yeah, you're good now. Now we forgive you. But that's the baseball writers. They're yeah. A lot of old heads. Do they have a list of like who the actual voters are? Yeah, and a lot of people uh, will release their ballot and be like, oh, this is who I voted for. Which is Track them down, have a stern talking to. Most of the time, if you release your ballot, I don't think you're supposed to, but people will roast you. Like, if you release a ballot and it doesn't have Barry Bonds on there, <laughs> you're getting shitted on, on there. <laughs> I mean, that's how you can break it down. It's really like, all right, who shared their ballot? He's on there. So these are the guys who didn't. Because you're too scared to share it. Yeah. And I said we were going to talk a little bit about UFC today, too. I think it's really interesting. As I said in the beginning of the show, I don't really follow it closely. I don't remember the last time I watched a UFC fight. Mm -hmm. But I am kind of interested in what is happening with UFC uh, because of fucking Jake Paul (laughs) uh, calling out Dana White and saying that, you know, his fighters are not paid enough. They're not getting this guaranteed money. They're not allowed to go and fight. Uh, like boxing, if they want to go and do that. Uh, so it's interesting that Francis Ngannou uh, is very mad at Dana White and might even potentially hold out, and he wants a bigger piece of the pie. He got $600,000 for his last win. What was it Saturday? Mm-hmm. You look at what Jake Paul's bringing in for these fucking boxing matches. You look at what Tyson Fury's bringing in for these pay-per-view matches. $20 million is what Tyson Fury got. Just like that was the base amount. Yeah. And then Francis Ngannou gets 600000 So I like Dana White and what he's built. I won't say I like Dana White. I think he's done a very good job of building up the UFC because there for a while it was dead. Yeah. And then he brought it back. I think we probably have to start looking at the way some of these fighters are treated too. No, most definitely. And, you know, that $600,000 was before the pay-per-view bonus. But it's the fact that you see Jake Paul go into a fight and it's like, okay, $5 million guaranteed just for fighting, and if you win, you get the additional. It's like $5 million if you win, guaranteed, and then you know 2% of the pay-per-view, which then just skyrockets it. And it's like same thing with Tyson Fury. It's like these guys are just get Boku loads of money to put on gloves and fight, and Francis and these guys in the UFC get to throw each other 
around, you know, an octagon, you're power driving people, your elbows to the face, you're getting kicked all over. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so much fun to watch, but at the same time, it's like, these guys are freaking psycho. Like these dudes are nuts, but at the same time, it's fun to watch a dude get kicked in the mouth and get knocked out and go stiff, but not for $600,000. I wouldn't do it for $600,000. I'm not going into a ring with a guy like Francis and going, I'm going to fight you, and if I win, I get six. No, 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 no. I would for $600,000. Absolutely not. Because I learned the difference between these guys and me, and I think I talked about it when we were on radio, because there was a slight thing of like, I think fighting would be kind of cool, get rid of some anger. And then you hear these guys' story on how they grew up poor and homeless. That's so you. And I, dude, it's just that dumbass mindset that I have, like, there's a possibility I could do this. I'm aware of it, and I'm realizing it, and I'm trying to be mature enough to realize I can't, and I need to stop thinking that way and just be impressed with the other guys I can. I don't I've remember that, point. that take from our radio days. Well, because I had to really just kind of <laughs> PG it. So the thing is, you listen that to these guys talk, and it's like <laughs> they grew up poor, and they like they have to go steal food, or they have to fight for food, or they didn't have anything. So they're they're literally fighting for their life, and then they get into a ring, and it's like all that frustration where he comes out. And my thing is like. <laughs> Dad didn't come to my basketball games. Like, that's just, that's not going to be a good fight motivation or anything like that. Or, like, I'm stressed with school. No, that's not because this guy's like, I didn't eat last week. Fuck you. I'm dead. I'm done. Dead in the water. Yeah. I, I think there are probably also guys that have just had like an average upbringing, though, that are just good at what they do. I don't know a single fighter that just had like an average upbringing. It's like, I've yeah, been trying uh, to fight my whole name? life. Ah, shit. It's been a long time. There, who's the dude that was like a, May uh, the boxer, Manny Mayweather, Pacquiao. Pacquiao. Oh, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, wasn't he like rich growing up? I don't think so. I I'm think also he was thinking super of another poor. UFC fighter that was like just incredibly rich and got to go to all these cool like training facilities and things like that. It's like, yeah, of course he's a badass. He's been doing it since <laughs> he was three years old. Yeah, but I mean, like, and then another story: Conor McGregor. This dude was poor as hell. Was living off his wife's like wages. Just training and all stuff. And all of a sudden, he just blows up. He's like, now I get these cool tattoos. Now I'm going to be obnoxious in these meetings. And that's even more money. And now i got yeah. a private jet, my own liquor line, and several bars in Ireland. I will say, I don't think it was your sub-below-average upbringing that's keeping you from the UFC. No, there's a lot more that really falls into that. But I'm just saying, like, right. my driver, like, will to fight is not as high as this. Yeah, some of those guys can go. Like, it's, it's just terrifying fight. to think about, like, this dude's from over there over there like overseas that was i came off really bad it's from like overseas and just struggled through life third world country and i'm you know i just well, even here guys like josh jacobs who grew up homeless it's like yeah i had a lot yeah. of motivation because if i didn't make it to the nfl i'm going back to that like if i'm not good at football i'm going back to that lifestyle or the fact that a lot of guys in every sport as well uh taking care of a lot of family members once they make it and that's why you'll see, like, a lot of guys that have declared for the NFL draft team. It's like, well, you probably should have went back to college. Or you could cash in on your money now. Yeah. And your family needs it now. You, you don't want to wait a year. You can't wait a year. I remember a Texas receiver um, a couple of years ago. And it was like, okay, you had a really good season. You should probably come back for your senior year because your draft status is going to be much, much better. Yeah. And uh, he even did – an interview or something. I don't remember what it was, but was talking about how I, I can't wait another year. Like my mom's house is falling apart. I I need to get her out of that. Uh, I need to do this this year. My plan was always 
three years at Texas, try to go to the NFL. And the same thing with boxing. Uh, another thing that I did see briefly is that I, it said Paul in the article. I don't know if that's Logan or Jake is trying to buy into the parent company of UFC. It's Jake, and he already did. <laughs> well, I don't like those two. I don't really know them. That's a baller move. <laughs> Dude, just to be like, you know what? I can't affect you directly. Oh, you think you have fuck you money? <laughs> Call me dad. Who's the daddy? Who yeah. owns you? I do. One that is just – talk about throwing it on the table. And the money that he's made this year. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. He's the highest paid athlete under 25. $40 million this year. And people just still want to do him as a YouTuber, and he's calling fights. Dude, call all the fights you want, man. This guy is rolling in it. And then he goes to, gets to make dumb YouTube videos and pff, live the life. And, yeah, I mean, he I literally does brother, whatever he brother, wants. His brother's a podcaster too as well. A right. YouTuber, and he's got a podcast. It's like one of the highest grossing podcasts. Mm-hmm. I see like clips out of it right all now. The time. Yeah. Well, it's like I'm Pulsive or something like that. It's not bad. I mean, if you're into the whole hip-hop, pop world, or that type of culture stuff, like you're really attracted to it. And it's good for you because they have on all the other famous YouTubers and stuff. I don't really know who any of them are, so I just kind of like I'll see a clip out from here and there, and then that's about it. You're kind of from, excuse me, from the YouTube generation. Like for me, YouTube was just like – my generation kind of watched it for a little bit, but we never like, I'm going to spend two hours on YouTube. I've never done it. When people are like, oh, I went into like, you know, just YouTube, like Dark Hole last time, watched all these weird videos. It's like, I never did that. I have done that a time or two. Not regularly, though. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I never found enough videos that were just like, I want to watch a 10-minute video here. I'd much rather scroll Twitter and laugh at these comments. Like the Paul brothers, I didn't really know who they were until they started fighting. So I, I knew them because of Vine. That's when I really – they took off because I thought they were hilarious. The older brother, Logan, made some funny videos. Like there was one where they were like, it's Christmas, and they go – they wake up out of bed, and they throw on like a bike helmet, and they scream Santa, and then he just plows through the bedroom door and like falls down the stairs. I thought it was hysterical. Me and my little brother laughed at that for so long. How old were you? Uh, High school. Yeah. Dude was in middle school, dude. It was just, haha, bros, look at us. We should try this. And mom's like, you better not break the door, and we didn't. I I made a jackass tape when I was in high school. That's how old I am. I'll date myself a little bit. See those guys that are coming back in like February and making a movie. That was who was cool when I was in high school. <laughs> I watched the last one. Uh, we went to Indianapolis for the FFA convention. Future Farmers of America. Go to Indianapolis for National Convention. <laughs> and we like snuck time. off into the mall to watch that movie. They had to because you had to be over eighteen to watch it. And I was like, Okay, well we'll buy a ticket to go watch another movie. And then, so we went in, sat down, and then got up to go to the bathroom and I walked into the Jackass Theater. Yeah. I, uh, it was cool. Before we move on, I have one other story to tell. I think I've told you this before. Uh, there, It reminded me when you were talking about how you thought you could maybe be a UFC fighter. I mean, it was like a smidgen of a thought of like, that would actually be kind of cool. Is there any possibility? And then it was just like, no, because I don't want to get punched in the face. Right. I remember being at a bar one time here. Um, it was actually in Carthage, Missouri. They used to have a bar there. And I was there uh, drinking, having a good time with some buddies. I was like 20, 21 because I was drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> there was a guy there, and he was talking all kinds of like shit. Like he, he had like a American fighter shirt on. Yeah. Cool, just Hard ass. Yeah, but he wasn't very big. He was about my height, but he was in good shape. And he kept talking all this shit to people. 
And then finally he started talking shit. And he's like, one of these days, like, watch, I'm going to kick the shit out of Chuck Liddell. He's like, I could, I could beat up Chuck Liddell right now. Put me in the ring with him. And I'm like, all right, dude, like, I've heard enough now. Like, you cannot kick the shit out of Chuck Liddell. Like, yeah. stop. <laughs> Just stop talking. What and was I, his nickname, the Iceman? I don't remember what it was. It was sick, though. Uh, he was, like, one of my first favorite fighters. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I mean, I, and again, I've never really followed UFC. But this dude's running his mouth back. He could beat the shit out of Chuck Liddell. And so finally I've had enough. I'm like, no, you cannot. Like, stop running your mouth. Nobody's interested in hearing it. And him and I get into, like, a little bit of an argument. And then I, uh, my friend grabs me by the shirt. He's like, hey, I want you to know something. I agree with you. There's no way in hell this dude could beat up Chuck Liddell. But he can beat up you. <laughs> he is a real fighter. He fights locally. Like, he is a championship. He has a championship belt at home. Stop running your mouth. Dude saved my life for that day. <laughs> but that's like, UFC fighters, man. They'll sneak up on Or wrestlers around Yeah. Him. That's why, like, I can't stand some guys in the bar because, like, I almost need to just find a seat and sit down now because if I'm standing there, I feel like people just find a way to shoulder check me, and it drives me insane. Because that same, you never know which guy's just looking for a fight, and it's like, I, I don't want it to be me. I'm just trying to have a good time hanging out with my yeah. friends. So leave I'm me alone. not a fighter. Yes. Just give me, just bring it in. Give a hug. I had a guy bump into me. Choke hold. Just kidding. Looking for a fight at a bar. Uh, and I don't know why, but I remember it specifically. He bumped into me, and he's like, What's your problem? I was like, oh, no, I'm just, just standing here. I don't have a problem. He's like, your face doesn't look happy. <laughs> you're, you're mad at me because I don't look happy. <laughs> like, I actually was. I was there, like, celebrating a friend's birthday. <laughs> like, you want to fight me? Dude, because... I just sang happy birthday. Yeah, I'm fucking, I, I am just saying happy. standard for face looks happy. I'm sorry I have resting bitch face. I'm actually in a good mood. You don't have to try to fight me. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> we didn't know. Uh, anyway, um, great bars. Speaking of, Hope yeah. 69 is a great one. I've never seen a fight in that bar. I haven't either. I don't. It's kind of impressive. Honestly. It is, yeah. Thank God. No, no there's been some it. like sports take fights at the bar, and those get very frustrating. Arguments. Yeah. But usually amongst friends. Last week, there was a big one about Aaron Rodgers and how like shouldn't shit on him and how he's easily going to whoop the Niners. I have yet to see that guy at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, he didn't come yeah. back. But Club 6 and 9 is a great spot, uh, especially for their happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock with two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 6 and 9. Yeah, next up is going to be Downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, off 1st in Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So visit their website again at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. It's also not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. Get that taken care of with the guys at market from Marketer and the guys at Downtown Lube. Again, full list of services and what they can offer you at downtownlube.com. And now back to the NFL world where we actually know what we're talking about a little bit. Uh, I, I went down a rabbit hole of free agents because I saw yesterday that a lot of people were tweeting about Juju Smith-Schuster wants to go to the Chiefs. Yeah. And th that's one thing. Like, had your opportunity last year, didn't take it. I do think that he could be in the market. Uh, but then I thought about Devontae Adams. Like, oh, there's potential that he could work his way out of Green Bay. I will tell you, that if you are in need of a receiver, it's a pretty damn good year to get one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the two guys right there, Devontae Adams, could force his way out of Green Bay. I know they could, like, tag him, but there's a possibility. And then Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know if Pittsburgh's using the tag on him. 
No, I don't know if they want to necessarily either. Right, like they signed him for a one-year deal last year, and I know the salary cap was a little bit different and things were weird. I think they're probably going to let him walk, like, or they might still try to negotiate with him. But I don't, I don't think they're tagging him or or anything like that. I mean, he's a he's definitely a guy that you could get not just for the Chiefs, but I mean, as a number two receiver, maybe you overpay him a little bit. But and he's that big-bodied receiver that I've been asking for. You know what I mean? That can catch the ball across the middle, the jump balls in the end zone. That's exactly the kind of the prototype of what I want when I say for the Kansas City Chiefs offense in terms of big body. Now. I don't. I don't want to say Pittsburgh did great. But I mean, they seem to do just fine without him this year because he missed a huge chunk of the season with that shoulder injury, and they mm-hmm. came back for the playoff game, and then you know really wasn't much of a factor. But like when you look at other guys on this list, you, know, you got Mike Williams there and Chris Godwin as well. Mike Williams, it was a contract year. He's coming into next season at 27 years old. He's dealt with numerous injuries. Right. This was kind of the one year we saw him be fine, and it makes me wonder. Was that just for a new contract, and then you're going to fall back off, and these nagging injuries come one, just come sprinting right back up. Contract year is undefeated. It really is. Chris <laughs> Paley used to say, "Play that. well." R.I.P. to him. But like another guy, Chris Godwin goes down with a knee injury, right, middle of the season. He's out, not playing. He's going to be right. 26 next year. Thought he was a little older. I'll be honest. He's going to get paid. He should. Uh, I think the injuries with him are a little bit of a question mark. Also, with Tampa Bay, they probably have to let him go. Like He played on the franchise tag this year. He doesn't want to do that again next year. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt. So I think he's a guy that could go somewhere and get paid. Mike Evan, or sorry, Mike Williams makes me nervous with those injuries in his past. Mm-hmm. And he's been good, but he's never been great. Yeah, I mean, he has been, you know, at like times a downfield college. 50-50 guy, yeah. but not anything to where we got this guy all season. Right. Uh, but another guy that I know you and I both love, Allen Robinson with the Chicago Bears. So uh, with him this year. He was tweeting a lot during, the AFC, or during that divisional game. I went back and looked at it. I mean, he was tweeting about every playoff game. But he's just like, ah, oh, Mahomes is the GOAT, praising Andy Reid's play calling. I was just like, hey, uh, come on down. I, I do think there are a lot of guys on this list that will look at Kansas City, who's definitely in the market for a receiver this year, and say, yeah, I'll do that. I want to go play in that offense. Um, who knows how long they're going to have Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's due for a contract yeah. extension. I mean, another guy, big body receiver, DJ Shark. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of on the lower end of this list. He dealt with a fractured ankle this season. <laughs> you so love him. <laughs> I, I've liked him since coming. It was LSU, correct? Uh, I liked him going to uh, Jacksonville. As, uh, like a fantasy guy for the last three years. Well, because I picked him up one year, and he just went off, mm-hmm. and everyone else kind of ignored it. And then he was good the next year, and I was like, this guy's doing this without really a quarterback. And then he got Trevor Lawrence and you know, goes down with an injury, so we don't get to see it. But this is one of those guys that is kind of you know underneath the radar, but I think it's going to go to a team, a better situation. People are like, wow, this guy's just been hiding away in Jacksonville. I kind of feel like with Allen Robinson, you know what I mean, before going to Chicago. I was like, oh, they actually did have something there. We just never got to see it because they suck. He only played in four games this year, though. I don't yeah. know what his injury was. A uh, fractured ankle. Fractured. And so a broken bone probably doesn't scare you as much as like a ligament tear. And yeah. it was in September, so he should be good to go. I like him, too. I would worry about pay, paying guys after an injury. And like doing this even a little like, oh, let's look at all the free agents. A lot of them are going to get franchise tagged. But my favorite thing to remind people of, 
Because they are available for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Because that team they are on doesn't want to pay them. So even like Juju Smith-Schuster. It's like, oh, my God, he's going to be available? Yeah, Pittsburgh doesn't want to pay him. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him available. And, you know, uh, another guy that I think is going to be a very interesting free agent is Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I haven't even said his name yet, surprisingly. <laughs> right? Like, uh well, a couple months ago, he looked like shit. I thought he was done for. Washed is what I said. <laughs> he might still be a number one receiver. <laughs> uh, He's back to I the said, top. Do you bet on him to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to pay him a lot of money. He's going to be a number one receiver. And then him kind of do what he did in Cleveland, kind of fade to the back, not be super healthy. I think it's just going to depend on who his quarterback is. And with Odo Beckham, I think he is very good. I do think, and maybe this is just me because I overrate this, putting the chip on his shoulder of leaving Cleveland, of like, oh, everybody thinks I'm bad. I'm going to go be good in L.A. Yeah. That's great. Now do it again. Can you? Now everybody thinks you're good again. Can you do it when everybody's praising you? You can do it when we question you. Yeah. But can you do it when everybody is praising you? I also think it's one of those two deals as well, and I know I just said kind of quarterback play, but like the fact that the quarterback's willing to put him – or give him the ball in like tough situations to where he gets to show his athletic ability and make a play with the cat, you know, making the catch and after the catch. And we just didn't get to see that in New York in the later years of Eli Manning and in Cleveland, like whatsoever. We got to see some spectacular sideline pass, like receptions. That was just about it. Yeah. And he did a good job also. It seems like from the outside looking in, of taking in guys like Van Jefferson. Mm -hmm. He was never a distraction or a locker room cancer in L.A. It seems like everybody loved him. But again, if I'm going to pay him, can I count on him doing it again? Yeah. Or was this, you know, a 10-game little streak where he knew he had to get his shit together? I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in L.A., and I think it would be with the Chargers. Who Justin Herbert, place? they're going to lose Mike Williams, and they have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Broncos are another team that has a lot of money, and whereas they – Probably aren't looking to the receiver market. I, maybe they will. They've got some good ones there. Uh, but offensive line, maybe they could look there. Maybe trying to add guys to that defense. They traded Von Miller. Von Miller's much like Odo Beckham. Mm-hmm. I thought he was done. And then last week, he looked so good. Yeah. I, I think that he could go somewhere like a J.J. Watt deal. It's not going to be a long contract. But he might get paid. He might need to. In the right scheme fit. I don't know if it's going to be the Rams. Like keeping both those guys, I don't. I just don't know how you can. Yeah. Do but if anybody can figure it out, it's the Rams. Uh, most definitely, and that's just what's so weird to like look at this and try and figure it out because you know they might move on from some guys and it just opens everything back up and it's like we actually get to keep these core players, or you know it's just you just spread everyone out. Maybe you go to a Super Bowl and you compete and you win it or you don't win it, and it's like well we got close. Let's try it again. Yep. See you in another couple- two to three years. Uh, a couple other defensive players that I saw on this list that are going to be free agents. Uh, Chandler Jones, another pass rusher. Yep. That's an interesting one because after last season, everybody was talking about Chandler Jones. Well, didn't he year, request a trade at the beginning of the year? Yeah, and it, it didn't happen for him. And that's another one of those situations where I think the Cardinals looked at it and said, no, <laughs> that's, I love that you want to leave, but you're not going to. And then was hurt, you know, had the 19-sack season, then got hurt. This year, he had 10.5 sacks. Like, again, a double-digit guy. He's 31 years old, going to be 32. He's a guy I would take a chance on and pay him. Dear God, don't let him go to the Patriots again, though. <laughs> no shit. I mean, another guy that I'm kind of see surprised to see on the list, and, I mean, I get it because they're still in the playoffs, but it's Jesse Bates. 
Yep. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, really started to blow up last year, and everyone's like, oh, my God, you just now notice this guy? You're just not paying attention? You know, we've right. noticed it. We just, you know, hasn't been in the national media attention because Bengals haven't been very good. This guy is, and we see it. You know, the first play of the divisional game against the Titans, this dude comes down with an interception. He is going to get paid this offseason. He's 25 years old going into the season next year. He's not going anywhere. He's a core piece of that defense. Cincinnati drafted him. That's where he's going to be. I would think a guy like Jesse Bates stays in Cincinnati. Especially with Joe Burrow still on a rookie contract. All these other guys are going to get paid first. Right. And he is. He's in line to, I think, he's probably not a reset the safety market guy. Fuck, he might be, dude. I don't know who else will. It's not going to be Tyron Matthew. But Jamal Adams, got, didn't he get like 19? Jesse Bates isn't getting that. I mean, who else is Cincinnati paying right now? Not their quarterback or receiver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what they need to probably look at is that offensive line and who they could pay. <laughs> go, buy one, go buy it. That's what you're going to need to do. Uh, I think a, like a Brandon Scherf guy would be great for Cincinnati. Yeah. Find a way to play him, either guard spot, move some of your pieces around. That offensive line, they're up and coming. They got sacked nine times by the Titans. Draft draft a center and buy your guard another right tackle. Yeah. Who is their other tackle? Oh, the, is it the dude from Texas A&M? Sorry, let me ask that question. And they have Jonah Williams on the left to... side. Yeah, I knew that. He's been okay. Uh, then they have Quentin Spain. Oh, it's Isaiah Prince from Ohio State. So you need a right. Okay. You you probably need to add two, maybe three guys to this offensive line. Keep Pay Jesse Bates right and then go buy that. That's their offseason plan. Uh-huh. One of the biggest names, I, I think, on the free agency market, too, uh, is Orlando Brown Jr. People forget he's going to be a free agent. Uh, I'm kind of curious, very curious to see what the Chiefs do there. They're going to pay him. He deserves left tackle money. I don't think he deserves top dollar money, but I think, I don't think he deserves. Doesn't even slide over to the right either. If you're like, hey, you're really good right tackle, go play <laughs> over there. I, don't think he's I mean, fuck. If you're Kansas City, it's like, hey, Andrew Wiley huh, has not done an awful job over there. We have not seen any issues with him over at right tackle in the last six, seven weeks. I mean, Nyang hasn't looked good when he's playing either. Yeah. There are a couple teams that are going to get hit very hard in free agency and have to make some very tough decisions. Uh, Green Bay, obviously. New Orleans, we already talked about. Kansas yep. City is another one. Another guy that we didn't mention that's, that is a free agent is Tyron Matthew. And I have been pounding the table for do not resign him. Yeah, I'm on that side. You just let him go. Let him. Let I this be his last player. run, last dance. Go win a Super Bowl, and it's like you're fine moving on from Tyron Matthew, Anthony Hitchens, Frank Clark. That The Frank amount of money that takes off the books is ridiculous. Frank Clark's a lame duck year guy. Where he's got one more year left, and it's like, eh, we're not going to extend you, so we're going to go ahead and yep. let you go. Now, that uh, Chiefs definitely have a lot to do with this offseason, too. Yeah, a lot of season left as well. But, I mean, even a guy like Trent Brown is a, a right tackle that could be, I think he could go somewhere and get paid, or he could stay put where he is and yeah. probably get paid. And then, uh, speaking of the Saints, James Winston, like, I want to see what happens with him as well. <laughs> I don't think he's going to stay there, but... Like, I was going to say, is there? does he get another starting opportunity anywhere else? And that's my thinking, too. Is somebody like, is Washington going to look at it and be like, man, rookie quarterbacks kind of suck. Or even, you know, hey, we just took a rookie quarterback. You come be our starter for a year, though. 
you know, go back uh, or go to Carolina and be our starter for a year, see what happens yep. before you ride off into the sunset as a career backup somewhere. But I, I think that he probably gets an opportunity like that. He wasn't playing bad, I don't think, before he got hurt. And it's not like the ACL injury. I'm not super worried about that for a quarterback, especially one who's not mobile. Yeah. Anyway, like he's still going to be the same guy. I thought I saw actually uh, videos of him working out already. Um, I think yeah, I think I saw him on the sideline at the end of the season. Yeah, probably some weird ones where it's like, oh, here's a you know heavyweight puncher bag. Let's just go ahead and keep dodging this. Hope there's another one. His workouts never make any sense to me. And I think part of it is his body movement is kind of weird. He just does not look like he's in shape, but he is. (laughs) Right? He's always covered in sweat. It's not even like a beer guy. It's just like a, I don't even know what you'd call it, like a Cajun guy. (laughs) He's <laughs> just eating all this, you know, Louisiana food. I don't know if he is a dad. Who's got the bot? <sighs> Two other names that I do want to mention uh, are at tight end. Dalton Schultz is a guy that we've talked about before, going to be mm-hmm. a free agent. I think he's a guy that can go and get paid. Maybe it's in Dallas. Uh, maybe they decide to keep him around. But I think he's a guy that can get paid. And then Mike Gusecki is actually, like, low-key one of my favorite tight ends. He's going to be a free agent. Like, Miami, I don't know who they're paying. I think they got to keep him around too. I think they need to. Like that's probably the only reliable like resource you have on offense, aside from Jalen Waddle right now. But like those are the only two. Tua, st- I'm assuming he's going to be the guy moving forward since you moved on from Brian. Since you fired Brian Flores because he wanted, you know, I feel like that's pretty much reported now that he wanted Deshaun Watson. So it is going to be Tua, Gasecki, and Waddle. That's the offense right now. Yeah, offensive line not great. Running back not great. Dolphins really missed on a lot of picks recently. And I, especially along the offensive line. Wasn't a couple years ago they took like three back-to-back-to-back and yeah. none of them have panned out? In 2020, out. they took three. They took Austin Jackson uh-huh. in the first round. And then they took uh, who was Kenley at guard. I guess the, the next year they took um, Eichenberg. But they, they invested a lot of picks on the offensive line. And it hasn't really panned out the way that you – could it be like they just the late? I don't even want to say late developers because they were decently high draft picks, weren't they? Yeah, like Austin Jackson was like a fifteenth overall. Because mm-hmm. they brought in him to a and the corner at Auburn. Um, his name slipping my mind big it time wasn't right now. Big kid, was it? But I mean, it was. I think it was actually. Yeah, I mean, none of those guys have really panned out the way you wanted them to. Even Tua has been very slow to develop. But fire Brian Flores because it's his fucking fault. Mm -hmm. Idiot is what the Miami Dolphins are. Uh, But a lot of free agents, a lot of football left. (laughs) You know what the Dolphins are? Idiots. Uh, That was a a dolphin noise. (laughs) Just thought of that. Uh, That was a good one. I I appreciate it. Uh Uh, But we'll see what happens this (laughs) offseason. A lot of moves to be made soon. I still can't believe it. Nine head coach vacancies. The Senior Bowl is next week. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot happening. I feel like everyone's going to go to the Senior Bowl, but fuck, we don't know what we're doing this year. And the Senior Bowl is like, this is probably the best class we've had in a really long time, right. and y'all ain't got your shit figured out. Yeah. That's on you, not us. Your team needs a quarterback. We've got five of them, but you don't have a head coach, so you don't know what system you're going to be running. You know, Or like, oh, man, that defensive lineman looks really good. Does he fit our system? We don't know. We don't know what we're running. How does that affect, like, even the scouting staffs, where it's like, just scout everyone equally across the board. There's no one in particular that we're looking for. 
I, want. I guess you probably just scout for everything and then once you like Ryan Poles in Chicago, are you gonna have a coach by next week? Or are you just like let's rebuild let's let's just try and build our version of the Kansas City Chiefs? This is how we do it, go. With the scouting department, it shouldn't be too bad. There is gonna be a lot of scheme fit. Hell, we were in Dallas last week and I even was asking Duke, like, hey, build a starting five out of the guys that you have here. He's like, Well, I can't really do that because scheme matters so much. Like mm-hmm. if I'm running this scheme, I want this guy. From running that schema with that guy. It's like, well, okay, thanks for playing along, Duke, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> but it is. It's going to be very hard for offensive and defensive line. Like, with receiver, not so tough. Quarterback, probably not that tough either. Yeah. Once you get into the interior or linebackers, you get guys that are like, yep, yeah, he's really good. He fits absolutely nothing that we want to do here. So, he's yeah. Cool. And you have nine teams without a head coach. They're going to be guys that have to show up in Mobile, Alabama, get off the plane on like a Wednesday. Like, hey, well, by the way, I'm the Bears head coach. <laughs> like, oh, we didn't have you on our list. Yeah, because last month I was not in the <laughs> I'm Doug Peterson. Yeah, last Hello. month I was actually a consultant for the Giants. Uh, kind of surprised I got the job myself. <laughs> right? It'll, it'll be weird to see, but I there will probably be Who was it with the Lions? Who was the Lions head coach that? Was it Caldwell? Jim Caldwell. Yes. Hey, he actually just got interviewed, uh, I think, a couple days ago or yesterday by Poles. First day on the job, he's like, all right, let's interview Caldwell. And I do love that Poles with the Chicago Bears, like yesterday, like got the job and then was like, hey, I want to interview this guy, this guy, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Not the guys they had interviewed before. Some <laughs> of them I do think got the, like Dan Quinn got a second interview. And I, I think it's the Bears that are interviewing like two candidates on the same day. Say, oh, that's going to be an awkward walk out. Like, hey, yeah. I also interviewed for the job. <laughs> you don't get that a lot in, in the NFL. Do you think they do that? Or it's like, all right, you go to this conference room, we'll come to you. I'm sure they'll figure sure it they out. keep them leave separate. You're not making a head coach candidate wait in like the lobby with the receptionist. <laughs> He's got a news people's magazines from like 2017. It's like, oh, I guess I didn't right. read this article on Kim Kardashian and uh, Kanye West yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get like the Rams. I really hope there's not an article because that's going to be really weird if there is from 2017 about those two. Probably is. You get like the Rams defensive coordinator in there with the 49ers yeah. offensive coordinator. Like, hey, uh, you guys just hang out for about 15 minutes and <laughs> yeah. they'll be ready. Yeah. Do you think they just start breaking down? And be like, why the fuck did you do this in here? So uh, what, are you, what are you doing on <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm still working. Um yeah, yeah, same. Uh, it will be interesting. But that's it for us today. Don't forget about our great sponsor to end the show, which is Roper Kia. Go in there and mention us here at Mike Up. They will give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Big Country and I will be back tomorrow right here in the call-in app at 10 a.m. Central Time. We thank you guys for joining us today.